Hello and welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. This is episode number 50. That's right, celebrate with me in 50 podcast episodes about swimming and swim lessons. This is the episode number 50, Lesson Plans for Swim Lessons. What they are, why they're important, and how you can use them for your beginning swim staff. My name is Jeff and I will be your host for today and I'm super excited to get into this topic with you. Lesson plans for swim lessons, what they are and how to use them. Let's get started. That's right. We're talking about swimming lesson plans and why we use them in our swim lessons. And today we're going to cover kind of a broad topic of why we use swim lesson plans, what they're designed for, and how we came about creating the lesson plans that are in the Swimming Ideas Starter Kit and the Complete Lesson Program. And my goal for you here is to get a general understanding of why have a lesson plan, what its importance is, and how you can use it in your own program. The first thing that we're going to start off with is the importance of lesson plans. Now, I want to make it clear that they're not necessary for everyone to use. Some people can get away without using a lesson plan. Particularly, your veteran or highly experienced teachers can teach without them. And that's because they already have a general lesson plan format in their head. They've experienced teaching these skills. They haven't good, strong understanding of the abilities that need to go into each different swim skill, and they understand the progressions. It's not a complicated thing if you've been working on it for a long time. However, levels, move-up criteria, overall progression, and planning is necessary to have. So you can teach without a lesson plan provided you have a level a segmentation so you can break apart your swimmers into different groups by ability, that you have specific criteria to change into different groups, so uh, methods of success and metrics for uh, improvement, and an overall progression for a new swimmer. So where does someone begin? How do they fall into your program? And how do they progress through learning new, more challenging, and difficult skills? Most programs generally start with going underwater and accumulating with being able to swim front crawl, back crawl, and breaststroke and butterfly because those are the competitive strokes. So in your program, if you have a logical progression and your instructors are well-versed in those progressions and they understand that they are, you know, they're very familiar and intimate with those specific criteria for your personal levels and abilities, then they may not need a swim lesson plan to teach an individual lesson. However, uh, most of our swim instructors are not experienced, right? Most park districts hire typically between 15-year-olds and 22-year-olds to do their swim instruction, to run their swim lesson programs. And typically in the United States, that's only a summer job. It's a temporary seasonal job. And if there are indoor pools that you have uh, indoor swim lessons, that's still a part-time job. There's very little area for full-time work with benefits, with insurance, you know, as a swim instructor. So typically the, the people that are teaching our swim lessons are between 15 and 22 for the most part. 
It's a part-time job. It's a temporary job. There's no long-term goal or growth associated with that. Uh, and extremely few people teach beyond uh, college age. So 22, 23, 24. There's a very small population of professional swim instructors. And I say that in relative terms. So there may be a lot of professional swim instructors that teach lessons on their own. They teach them through their adulthood. And I, you know, I think that's a fantastic thing because they bring to the table their expertise and their, um, their experience. Uh, however, most programs, most large successful programs, have younger swimmers, young, I'm sorry, younger instructors that are teaching their swim classes. And this is where the swim lesson plans are essential for. You got to know where you want to go before you start moving forward. And I say that because when you have a new swim instructor, the goal uh, for them is to get them to teach swim lessons inside your program effectively. Right? We want to be able to have, move our swimmers that are participating in our program from complete novices, not knowing what to do, to being able to swim successfully because that's our goal is to provide instruction to these people uh, so they can swim both for safety and for uh, their own personal skill. So lesson plans give us the opportunity to make these new young novice instructors more effective. And when you have a younger, inexperienced staff, it's essential to give them the tools and the materials that they can use in the water at that time to teach the best lesson. And this is, there's a general overall, um, a, a general overall uh, plan uh, for, you know, training your staff, ensuring that they have an awareness of what the skills are, making sure they know how to teach the individual skills. And Swimming Ideas provides training workbooks and some information for you on our website about those things. Uh, but the lesson plans, which is the core offering on the Swim Lesson Starter Kit and the Complete Lesson Program, are designed to give instructors the overall in-depth analysis of how do you go from this skill to that skill to this skill to that skill effectively in a teaching environment on a day-to-day -day basis without having to worry about planning, understanding, knowing, and testing that out for yourself. So the swim lesson plans and any swim lesson plan is should give a clear progression of skills based on evidence-based practice. So does this work? Is this effective? And does it achieve the end result and the goal? And what it does is it gives the experience of these veteran professional swim instructors into the hands of new and novice swim teachers. So just a little bit about swimming ideas. We've been, um, I've been doing this for 20 years, teaching swim lessons and refining the way that I've been teaching my lessons. And the primary thing that I look at is Every time I teach a lesson, I go back and I look at it. Was that effective? What did I do well? What can I improve upon? And then I build up from there. And I've worked with um, many other swim instructors over the course of the last 20 years and had their input on these swim lesson plans. And then we've refined them and saw what worked well, what didn't work well, what scripts were effective, what scripts were not effective. You know, 
we looked at the American Red Cross swim levels and we did, we said, you know, what are the core essential skills here? And then we refine those down, mix things around to make it more effective and in line with USA Swimming. And we've refined our program to say level one is going underwater and being comfortable being supported. Level two is working on body line posture and balance and glides. Level three is turning your head to the side to breathe. And level four is swimming on your own. And those are the really general overall goals. And then inside of each of those levels, so we have these layers of complexity that go from high level, we want to go from going underwater to swimming the four competitive strokes. And then we break it down based on level and ability on these core essential skills. So if you look at the uh, quick test guide, you can see that level one, do they go underwater? Level two, can they streamline and take a few strokes? Level three, can they breathe? Level four, can you swim on your own? You know, if those are the really basic criteria that if you can do all those things, they kind of separate you into these other things. Because if you know these core skills, these keystone skills, you can likely do all the rest of those things that are required in those levels. So that's why the quick test is designed as a quick initial assessment. And of course, we have more skills in there. Uh, but the goal is to reduce the amount of testable time so you're only focusing on the essential testable skills. You're still teaching other things, but you're focusing on these essentials. And I'm going into this because we start at this broad spectrum of what are our goals, and then we refine those down into different levels. And then we refine those levels down into different abilities inside that level. And then we go down into the progressions to get to those abilities. And then we go even further down into the scripts and language and techniques of teaching those abilities and those progressions. And that's all inside of the swim lesson plans. So we take things like underwater, body position, glides, arms, breathing, the competitive strokes, and we get there by going starting small steps that build up to that. But if you're looking at a swim lesson program perspective, we're looking at the broad range of skills, the broad range of levels, the broad range of perspective or progressions, and then the broad range of um, scripts and techniques to teach and support and to hold and to run your classes. And we put that all into our swim lesson plans. And the idea is that these new swimmers, these younger 15 to 22-year-old swim instructors, they're not thinking about the big picture. When they get in the water, and I'll get into this in a little bit, but they don't have that, that vision of the whole. So when they get in and teach, it's not as effective as if someone who sees the broad picture has refi refined it down over time and trial and error and experience and feedback based on partner programs and different instructors and people that have used it. You know, it gets refined and improved over time. That is a more essential, effective use of the swim lesson plans. So there are these layers of complexity within the swim lesson. There's the overall goal, how to swim well. There's the level goals, what skills to teach in what order. There's the skill progressions, the incremental steps the, to promote skills and to cross-promote skills. So when you teach front glide with a straight body position, it works also on back glide because you're using the same skills. 
uh, the scripts and the repetition to reinforce those essentials. So distilling down the essential basics of each skill. You know, why we don't teach high elbow recovery to level two swimmers because it's not necessary. Instead, we spend our time focusing on body line and posture and head down because then they'll have, if they have that body line posture and their head down, then their arm recovery is going to be much easier to manipulate and change later on. Uh, and then we introduce games and fun things so that we can practice those skills that we've done. So there are these layers of complexity in the lesson plans that novice swim instructors don't have the vision for, the interest in, or the deliberate care to pay attention to, for the most part. And I'm, I'm broadly speaking here in broad brush strokes and terms, but for the most part, our beginning instructors are, don't have this vision of the overall swimmer in their swimmer cycle, swim learning cycle. So new instructors, and you'll see this a lot, and I think you might agree with me on this. When you look at new swim instructors that get in the water without lesson plans or without a significantly intense training program, they tend to narrow their vision down and kind of put blinders on like horses have when they're, you know, those black covers over horses' eyes so they don't get distracted by things outside of their field of vision. New swim instructors, especially experienced swimmers who are swim instructors, tend to focus on these highly specific, important details that are important to them, that they think fits their vision of swimming well, and they impose that on their participants, on their swimmers. And let me give you a clear example here. They, so they see a swimmer that can't do front crawl, or they can't go into water. They can, and the new instructors, they can very creatively attack that lack of skill, right? They can really focus in on not going underwater and putting a lot of energy into getting that swimmer to get underwater. And and that may be effective, but it's at the sake of the rest of the program, the rest of the progression. So it can be effective in certain circumstances to have that narrow vision and that narrow focus, but it generally ignores the broader goal of our swim lesson is to not just teach going underwater, uh, but to also have a gentle and nurturing environment in which to teach going underwater and playing games to have a positive experience in the water so then when we start doing other more complicated things there's this established base of trust and success right so they have these narrow blinders on it and specifically let's look at when novice swimmers or novice swim instructors are teaching beginners how to swim freestyle you will often see them focusing on the hand position and the high elbow recovery for their new swimmers. And, you know, that's correct. It's good. You want to have a cupped hand. You know, you want to have a scooper, not like wide fingers. But it doesn't matter. You can still effectively swim freestyle without having that cupped hand. Right? Same with the high elbow recovery. Yes, at some point, we want the elbow to be higher than the hand on the front crawl freestyle recovery. But if they don't know how to turn their head to the side of the breathe, it's not as important, right? So they will often skip or jump progression steps to teach these highly refined specific abilities that they shouldn't be teaching at that time because it's a it's not effective. It's not an essential skill at that time, and it doesn't have a very high amount of crossover ability. So 
for example, like the streamline, the body line position for front crawl, if you can get your body straight for freestyle, you can probably get your body straight for backstroke. You can get your body straight for butterfly and breaststroke. It all crosses over. Unlike the high elbow recovery, it's not a necessary thing if they can't keep their body straight or if they can't put their face in the water or if they can't move and kick at the same time, right? So you don't want to jump over the progression. So our progression for front crawl is generally we go very broad and then we narrow it down as we get into more specific skills. So for example, we start with going underwater. We work on going underwater, a very broad skill. Then we work on glides and body position, soldier position, position 11, moving horizontally with your face in the water. That's also a very broad skill because you can apply it to everything. Then we start introducing arm circles, which are circles because we're straight arming it. We're very broadly moving in general macro body movements. A little more narrow, but still kind of a broad skill. Then we work on turning the head to the side to breathe. That's really a focused, focused ability for freestyle only. And then we, then we do arm recovery target. So returning to position 11 with every arm stroke. Doesn't matter how you get to 11 as long as it's over the water and then back in position 11 before you do the next arm stroke. Then at the end of that, once we can turn our hand to the side of the breathe, we can kick, we can put our arms in the correct place. Then we'll teach at the end the high arm, high elbow recovery. Right, So we go from a very broad perspective down to a very narrow perspective. And our swim lesson plans do this. They take the, the, the swim instructor through the logical progression, the, the tested and effective progression of skills and incremental improvement, and give focus and give guidance to these new instructors so they're not jumping skills and wasting, not wasting, but misappropriating their time, not making the maximum use of their time in the lesson. Yes, it's, it can be a fantastic experience to really let someone attack this one thing, you know, really work on their high elbow recovery. But we wouldn't do that in a level one or level two class because it's not appropriate for them at that time. And novice instructors tend to see things the way that, you know, they have a vision of what good swimming is and they want to get that vision manifested in their swimmers, but they lack the long view, the long-term goal of building over time over a series of logical and effective progressions using scripts and skills and abilities and lessons and plans without those beneficial tools. So the best what thing that you can do as an instructor or as a pro as a lesson manager is to give your new instructors these lesson plans. So I want to give you uh, this skill, this resource. It's from the teal.ed.gov, and it's the Teal Guide for Lesson Planning. And it's a general lesson plan for teachers. And what it looks at is how you should create your lesson plans. And there's a graphic on the show notes uh, that you can see at swimminglessonsideas.com. And this will be sip number 50. Woohoo! And this is the 50th episode. I'm really excited about that. Uh, but what you can see from on this, and there's a link to the full write-up here, uh, but the graphic that I included uh, from this website, it's figure number one, the planning wheel. And 
you begin with a warm-up and review. So you, for us in swim lessons, that's typically getting in the water. Um, we do an introduction. What are we going to work on? We'll announce what skill we're doing. Present presentation. So the instructor, swim instructor, will demonstrate the activity. Practice it. In our case, we do a lot of short distance training. So three times streamline plus something else or three times do a streamline or three times we're going to do a supported front glide. And then we there's this summative evaluation and then an application. And during the course of our instruction, because we're working in small groups or one-on-one, we can give those summary evaluations, you know, comprehensive evaluation to the swimmer with targeted feedback on each attempt because it's built into the short distance training and the rotation method. And then the application is typically the game or the activity that we play immediately following or the actual skill that we did a component part of in the first activity. So then we build up, we give you the components, we give you the pieces, we give the incremental steps, and then you get an opportunity to put it all together and do that activity on your own or with support. And that is the general format of all of our swim lessons. Activity, activity, game, opportunity to demonstrate mastery of that activity. And then we slowly increase the difficulty over time. And through repetition, through participation, through being there, through getting effective feedback, not just good job, not just well done, but hey, you know, next time put your head down, next time lock your thumb, next time squeeze your ears. Giving that repeated feedback allows our swimmers to both practice, demonstrate their ability and improvement, and slowly improve over time. The lesson plans that we give and that we offer give your new staff these, you know, wide range of topics that we look at from a broad view and puts them in their hands once they're laminated right in the lesson plan. They don't even have to think about They don't have to even care about what the overall progress or program is as long as they follow the lesson plan. And they're going to get all the benefits of that long-range planning and refinement over time and feedback inside their lessons if they follow the swim lesson plans. So lesson plans provide guidance. They standardize language across instructors, so everyone's saying the same thing. They allow for opportunity of games and deviation from that plan. So as your instructors become more experienced, they can look at those swim lesson plans not as rails of they have to follow this skill and game exactly, but they can start embellishing on those skills and deviating from the path that's there. You you know, they're designed so you learn over time both as the instructor, as the swimmer, and as the swimmer to improve your swimming. But if you feel, you know, If you work with a certain group and the swim lesson plan calls for a particular game, there's a reason that game is there. But if you think that for that group of kids that this other game or activity would be a better spend of your time, then do that. You know, they're they're more guideposts for our veteran instructors than they are the specific progressions for um, as they are for the beginning instructors. So they increase in difficulty. They give opportunities for uh, demonstration of ability and learning. And then the end objectives for all the lesson plans are the level goals and the testing criteria for those levels. So if you look at the Swim America lesson plans, they're designed to begin at nothing and move through each of those ability skills and those stations 
uh, with the end goal of the station criteria, level out criteria being, you know, they're going to get an opportunity to practice all of those different things. So the lesson plans drive towards those levels. So if you work on the lesson plans and the swimmers participate in each of those and they get feedback and they uh, gain, you know, feedback on their performance of those skills, then by the end of the program, they're going to have, or your class or your session, they're going to have an opportunity to say that they've done all the things on those levels, in those levels, and they've been given the opportunity to practice and improve upon their abilities in each of those levels and each of those testable skills. I want to know what you think. Do you use swim lesson plans in your program? And do you think that swim lesson plans are an effective way to get your novice or beginner swim instructors more targeted, more focused on teaching better in their swim lessons? Let me know. Connect with me on Twitter at Swimming Ideas. Connect with me on Facebook at Swimming Ideas. Or just send me an email, jeff at swimmingideas.com. Thank you very much for both the time that you spent listening to this podcast and all of the podcasts in the last 50 episodes. Without your support, without your interest, this wouldn't exist. So thank you for the time that you've taken to listen to this podcast. Thank you for the time that you spent on our website. And tomorrow we can teach better lessons together. Take care and thank you. Thank you.